There were lots of grocers in Lancaster, all on the central high street. T.D. Smith, probably the biggest of the Lancaster grocers. This is 100 Years, 100 Objects. Stories from the collections of Lancaster City Museums. I'm Millie Wellborn, a museum assistant for Lancaster City Museums, and today we'll be looking at the stories behind another object from our collections as we celebrate 100 years of our museums. On this episode of 100 Years, 100 Objects, we're poring over an object which hung over a door in Dalton Square for many years and may still be remembered by many Lancaster residents. It was the sign of quality products and service and takes us into the life of a Victorian shop owner. Today's object is the T.D. Smith Teapot Shop sign. The sign was designed to catch the eye of passing shoppers and so is quite large, about 125 centimetres across. It is not flat, but is instead a giant 3D teapot made of sheet metal and painted a pale green colour. It is a very familiar Victorian teapot shape with octagonal lid and sides that bulge out on the lower half of the teapot. The spout and handle are still intact, as are the four small feet ranged around the bottom edge. We spoke to Dr Mike Winstanley, who has written a book about T.D. Smith and his business, who started off by telling us the basics about this sign, where it came from, and what it signified to Lancastrian shoppers. This is an oversized teapot, which currently hangs above the front door to the City Museum. So as you go in, look up, you'll see this teapot. And it last hung outside a shop on Dalton Square, which was T.D. Smith's, or trading as T.D. Smith's Limited at that point. And it was the sign of the tea dealer and grocer. It's a 20th century pot, which replaced an earlier Victorian one, which was almost the trade sign that he used on his letter headings and stuff. So, And he called his shop, at one point, the teapot. So it's a grocer and tea dealer's trade sign, like other shops, you know, the of the mortar and pestle for the for the chemist or the barber with the, the, the red, and, red and white striped signs. I'd mentioned a minute ago that it was outside Dalton Square. That's where I remember it. And it closed in 1981. But it had only been on Dalton Square since 1960. Prior to that, it was on Penny Street. T.D. Smith, as a grocer, had started in 1858 as a young man of 21. And he had the shop on the corner of Francis Passage and Penny Street. He then expanded in the 1890s into the shop next door, which became a double-fronted grocer's with display windows. And so it hung above the main door outside that shop in the early 20th century. T.D. Smith's advertised itself as a grocer where you would get your provisions from as well. Grocers sold well, essentially, the sorts of stuff that supermarkets started selling. You wouldn't do fresh fruit and veg, you wouldn't do fresh meat, but you'd do smoked meats. So provisions, you could get bacon, you could get butter, you could get cheese. They did do bananas and satsumas and things in season, specialities. Dried fruits, they did a lot of those. Spices, Italian wares, i.e. Italian-type produce. Obviously, a variety of different sorts of tea. And uh, T.D. Smith prided themselves on blending their own teas. So they had the different ranges of teas, which they said were suitable to different waters in the area. Coffees, virtually everything you would want 
some packaged goods that would have been bought in packaged, but a lot of it would have been brought in and processed on the premises. So you might ripen the cheeses or whatever on the premises and uh, smoke the bacon, perhaps. But yes, it was a skilled job. Before, the, before everything came in packages, everything had to be dealt with by the grocer. There were lots of grocers in Lancaster, all on the central high streets. So who was the man behind the sign, T.D. Smith? T.D. Smith, as he was known, was Thomas Davidson Smith. And he was a farmer's son from Tatum, just beyond Ray, a farm called Mealbank, which his father had uh, been left by an uncle who was a much wealthier branch of the family. And um, T.D. was educated, therefore, as a farmer's son. He was a Methodist, a very strong Methodist family. He was educated at local schools and went off to Leeds to do some training in land measuration. From what he wrote, because he left an autobiography, it sounds to me as if he might have suffered from hay fever or something when he was in the fields. And he said to his father, I would think I'm going to do something different. I want to be a grocer. I've seen an advert for an apprentice in Lancaster with Mr Beckett on Church Street. He'd be about 14 or 15. And his father had said, well, it's up to you, lad. Off you go. So he went off to train as a grocer on Church Street for four years. Lived in. Very long hours. Longer hours than supermarkets now nowadays. I passed 11 on a Saturday. Very, very long hours. But they lived on the premises. And then he did a year in Bolton, learning higher class trade. And then at the age of 21, came back and set up shop. It's quite amazing that he's got a little bit of money and he sets himself up as a grocer on Francis Passage, helped by his sister. Mike went on to tell us how Smith expanded his business throughout his adult life. He marries his cousin. Now, this is a name that local people might remember, Mary Gorrell. And the next door shop was Gorrell's at that point. This was a John Gorrell who was a boot and shoe maker and dealer. And he had branches in Barrow, Ulverston, Penrith, Kendall, Preston, Morecambe, as well as the main shop. He employed about 150 people. But that firm went broke and that allowed TD to expand his shop next door. So he traded for the first 30 years or so from Francis Passage and then later from the big shop on Penny Street. And then in the 1880s, uh, as Lancaster was growing, because we've got the estates in Skirton, Bowerham, Gregson, Morelands, he opens shops in the suburbs. You won't recognise them now, but there was one at the end of Dale Street, which just looks like a house now. There was one at the bottom of Stirling Road, which does still look like a shop. There was one down on uh, West Road, in, on the marsh, which has now been converted to a house. And there was one in Skirton, which has been demolished. So he's got branch shops, and he also does deliveries. When he started out, he said, how do I get the country trade? I will deal with the area I know best up in the fells. And there was by then the train line to Leeds. So he arranged to have goods ordered in town, sent by rail to the railway stations and picked up and delivered by farmers. He was from a very early date providing free delivery to the country areas. He'd have a price list. Or you could order in the shop and it would be delivered. Or your traveller would call and ask what you would like and then it would be delivered later. And he later expanded that delivery network to go down as far as Pilling, out to Horton in Ribblesdale and Hellyfield, and up beyond Grange. They had a fleet in the 20th century of about half a dozen, 
big delivery vans. Three deliveries in town per day uh, by bike and then uh, in the district they would deliver daily and a bit further out weekly and a bit further out fortnightly and a bit further out monthly. And they continued to deliver till the 1960s. So he was a very big, probably the biggest of the Lancaster grocers aimed both upmarket but also at the working class market and very successful at it. We asked Mike what was known about how many staff worked in the shop and how T.D. Smith faced disaster in the 1870s but didn't let it derail his business. It's difficult to know at any particular time but clearly with deliveries and with branch shops which are all staffed by his own staff and with the central stores a lot. We do have a staff list book which is in Lancashire archives now from the turn of the century, listing everybody who worked for them, where they lived. And I noticed there was a Winstanley, so I might have a connection. But the photographs of the firm on outings or on the celebration of their centenary in 1958, I would have said it's getting on to towards 60 or 80 people. So a significant workforce, including some little lads. Well, there was one gentleman who ran, finished up running the shop on Donaldson Square called Herbert, Herbert Pike. He worked for them all his life, from the 1930s. Some of them worked there for a very long time. Uh, but a big staff, a big staff. And of course they served. It wasn't self-service. You would stand at the counter and order. Or you could go if, to an order office and leave your orders. Some people you would give credit to if they were trustworthy. And if you look at the internal photographs of the shop in the 20th century, there's always some chairs for people to sit down on. So it was a type of shop that was gone in the last 50, 60 years. There was a fire in 1879 and he had to relocate to the exchange over the way, the exchange building. So he continued trading and then he obviously used the opportunity to redevelop his shop. But it was still on the same site. It was still relatively small in that respect, so it's on Francis Passage. But the real big development was when he moved into Gorrells and completely did that out with new hoists and engines. And there still wouldn't be refrigeration to speak of and deep freeze stuff. And then he would let out the offices just above the shop front. Always what happens above shops is interesting. You just don't know. And when he did that, Lancaster was booming. So he benefited from being in the right place, if you like, at that time. The final chapter of the story is T.D.'s later life and what happened to the business after his death. T.D. himself died in 1906. And like most people who started off in business, he lived above the shop and the family started off there. Then they moved up to the Greaves, Vineyards Terrace on the, on the Greaves Road. Then he had a house built on Lindo Square, designed by Paley and Austin. And he writes in his little autobiography that he was very disgruntled. The plot had been sold to him by the builders, but then they put up all these other smaller houses in the area. He obviously thought it was, he was moving up into sort of high class, but they designed this house, called it Herman House, in 1875. It's still there. It's been adapted and knocked about since. And his brother, who was a draper in town, lived next door. So there was a little Smith enclave. And he retired to Moore Platt, which was a huge house at Caton. 
and the rest of the family thereafter lived largely on haverbreaks. But he died in 1906, but he had two sons who carried on the business, Edward Gorrell Smith and Charles Herman Smith. And they continued to run the business, and they were very important. Edward Gorrell Smith, I mean, he was JP, he was councillor. He had other sons who didn't stay in the business. One became a doctor, very esteemed doctor in Manchester. And another one emigrated to South Africa, worked for a cousin, the Baines, who came from Austwick. It's amazing where people got to. So two sons ran it, and when they retired at the end of the 1930s, 40s, his grandson took it over, Francis Brian Smith, and he ran it till he retired in 1960. So it was three generations of the Smiths that ran it. As a family firm, it ended in 1960 because the sons had gone off to do something else. One was a surgeon, another one was a professor. So there was no next generation to take it on. But the, what they did do was provide the capital to set up their staff to run the shop on Dalton Square under the same name, which is a rather nice gesture. So for the last 20 years, it's run by some members of the staff who'd worked for them, who traded under the same name and took the goodwill, if you like, of that firm. So it operated in Lancaster over 120 years. I remember when I was researching this, we went down to talk to the Booth family, who were very similar sorts of grocers and knew the Smiths. And Mr Booth said, he said, of course we knew the Smiths. We had a gentleman's agreement that we wouldn't open in Lancaster as long as Smiths were operating. Smiths closed in 1981. Booths arrived in Scotforth within the next year or two. Thank you for browsing the stocks of history with us today. We do hope you will come again for our other episodes where we will be discussing everything from sanitation to sunbathing. <laughs>